Hello everyone, it's Dr. Dave. Hopefully you're all doing well, enjoying your week, taking care of each other, and looking forward to the end of the week as we roll into a Wednesday on October 17th, 2018, here with your daily health update coming at you from Yorkville, the Toronto Neck and Back Pain Clinic. Going to look at some neurological diseases, why we're at risk for them, risk factors also for varicose veins, Never a happy thing to see those developing. I'm going to talk about eating more produce. I'm going to talk about physical activity and how it benefits people with a rare form of Alzheimer's. I'm going to look at carpal tunnel syndrome and how mobilizing your wrist might help. And we're going to talk about when college students should see the doctor. With all of those students of ours back in the university and college system this fall, studying hard to do what they want to do for the rest of their life, right? Not going to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illness or disease with our time together today. However, as always, when you plug into the daily health update, you never know what you might learn, you never know what you might hear, and you never know what you might decide to do to improve your health and keep your health something valuable for the future. So stay plugged in. You just never know what's going to happen. Neurological diseases are usually... um, something that are hard to treat because they're very complicated and they're complicated because they usually don't involve any one thing and um, what that means is sometimes they can be autoimmune sometimes they can be genetic sometimes they can be environmental but it seems that in many of the cases there's a combination of factors as it is actually with many health problems We kind of want to narrow it down to one thing and keep it simple for ourselves. However, the reality is in healthcare, it may never be quite so simple. And according to this study, a third of men and half of women are at risk for common neurological diseases. So using data from the Rotterdam study, researchers estimate that a woman's lifetime risk for developing dementia, stroke, or Parkinson's disease is 48.2%, while men carry a 36.2% risk for these conditions. The research team notes that these findings strengthen the call for prioritizing the focus on preventive interventions at a population level which could substantially reduce the burden of common neurological diseases in the aging population. That from the Journal of Neurology, Neurosurgery and Psychiatry, October 2018. So those are some pretty high numbers. Almost half of women and over a third of men will get dementia, stroke or Parkinson's at some point in their life. So they want to prioritize on prevention. The question is, how do you do that? And uh, the boring answer is lifestyle factors. It's those choices that you're making every day in terms of your function, food, fitness, sleep, and how you're going to coexist with your stress. And uh, a lot of it is mental health because um, it's your perceptions tied in with your choices that create your reality. And I believe the universe will reward you in direct proportion to your expectations and your choices and what that means is not mooey wooey necessarily this universe thing but the way that your life plays out is definitely uh, centered on what you're focused on and where you're steering yourself and what you expect to see along the way and the choices you make in terms of what it is you would like to see along the way and if those things aren't congruent meaning if they don't equal out if if your choices don't propel you in that right direction and yet that's the direction you'd like to go it's usually a recipe for frustration and that frustration believe it or not plays a big role in developing some of these neurological conditions but 
food and fitness, obviously, and your environmental exposure and your ability to detoxify, if you will, and or adapt to that environment uh, is also very important. So the more you can adapt physically, chemically and emotionally to your environment, the less likely you are to succumb to some of these problems. Of course, there's still that genetic component. Um, but I think that based on the new genetics, um, it shows that uh, those genes don't have to turn on even though you might be predisposed. And as long as your body doesn't succumb to the stressors and it adapts well, then those genes won't be turned on even though you might be predisposed. And that's the goal in life, is to maintain that quality for as long as possible. So we can, call, we can look at the same kind of risk factors for other conditions like varicose veins. Researchers analyzed data on nearly half a million people and after controlling for known risk factors for varicose veins such as age, sex, weight, smoking history and sedentary activity, they report that having a taller stature also appears to raise one's risk for the condition. More superficially, investigators found the top quartile of the tallest adults in their study had a 74% increased risk for varicose veins in comparison with the shortest 25% of men and women in the data set. That from the journal Circulation, September 2018. So, along with all those other risk factors, just being tall, which there's not much you can do about, puts you at increased risk for developing those varicose veins. However, if you have a diet and maybe uh, some supplement choices that support cardio and especially vascular health, then those varicose veins are probably less likely to happen. So again, you can modify for those things which you may be predisposed to by making good choices to again help your body adapt to its environment and along with maintaining function and keeping your fitness high a lot of it is about food and eating more produce is definitely a goal for all north americans because we know that we're not getting enough servings of those uh, fruits and especially those vegetables so following an analysis that utilized population projections national cancer incidents and exposure data and published risk estimates researchers estimate that two percent of cancer cases are attributable to low fruit and vegetable intake that from the german medical association september 2018. now 2% doesn't seem significant but um, any contributing factor to uh, developing a condition such as cancer uh, is significant and I think that number is low in the number of ways and um, once you are diagnosed even though not eating enough produce may not have been the cause obviously of getting cancer perhaps your ability to have a positive outcome once you are diagnosed definitely relies on eating the proper amount of produce and having enough nutrients in your body so that your body can try to work through that condition, especially if you have to undergo treatment, which is very hard on the body. So the healthier you go into these conditions, the better you're going to come out. So having that produce intake as a goal is definitely a good thing. And along with that food, then we have the physical activity benefits. So some people who develop a rare form of Alzheimer's, for example, will benefit from their activity levels. An examination of data on 275 adults who carry a genetic mutation for autosomal dominant Alzheimer's disease showed that patients who exercised more scored higher on brain function assessments and had lower levels of biological markers of Alzheimer's disease in their cerebral spinal fluid than those who lived a less active lifestyle. The chief science officer for the Alzheimer's Association says that if further research confirms this relationship between physical activity and later onset of dementia symptoms, 
in autosomal dominant Alzheimer's disease, then we need to expand the scope of this work to see if it is also true in the millions of people with more common late onset Alzheimer's. That from the Alzheimer's and Dementia Journal, September 2018. So genetically you might be predisposed, but exercise can actually have an impact on outcome even if you are genetically predisposed to having Alzheimer's. But their further research may support that even those with common late onset Alzheimer's, more of the deteriorative, deteriorative, deteriorative? <laughs> deterioration type of Alzheimer's um, will also have a benefit. And much of the stimulation to the brain actually comes from the movement from the rest of the body and getting that body moving helps support the health and function of the brain. So function, food and fitness, very, very important for all these different kinds of conditions, Parkinson's, cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, stroke, dementia, varicose veins, they all have similar kind of lifestyle factors that every day, as long as we're making positive choices, we can help to minimize the likelihood of not only contracting those conditions, but perhaps if we are diagnosed, we'll support better outcomes by making those decisions. And if we have young people who are in college or university, we want them taking good care of themselves. And sometimes they're so focused on their studies and their lifestyle and learning how to take care of themselves that they may not know when they should see the doctor. And living in close quarters means that the dorm residents are prone to illness quite often. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends university students should seek care immediately if they experience any of these symptoms, a fever of 102 degrees or greater, a headache and a stiff neck, pain with urination, an unusual discharge for genitals, change in menstrual cycle, long-lasting abdominal pain <clears throat> and persistent cough, chest pain or difficulty breathing. <clears throat> Just like I'm having now. <laughs> The American Academy of Pediatrics Journal, September 2018, has that article. So they shouldn't hesitate. Most campuses obviously have a doctor on staff. And with any of those symptoms, um, they should definitely go get checked so that they can have early intervention and better treatment. And finally, for all you computer users out there and those of you doing other repetitive um, kind of uh, activities, Mobilization and uh, your carpal tunnel were studied in the Clinical Journal of Biomechanics in September 2018. They had an article and they talked about the median nerve, which is one of the nerves that goes from the arm into the wrist into the fingers. And as if it gets compressed as it passes through the uh, tunnel in the wrist, it can result in the cluster of symptoms described as carpal tunnel syndrome. So in this study, research observed that mobilization therapy, a form of treatment performed by doctors of chiropractic applied to the wrist, increases the cross-sectional area and diameter of the carpal tunnel, which reduces pressure on the median nerve. So based on that study, the clinical implications would be that without a, a, a good attempt at mobilizing that tunnel, uh, surgery <clears throat> should be avoided until such treatment is tried because it's less invasive and um, probably actually has a more likelihood of a long-term uh, positive benefit. Sometimes in the short-term, carpal tunnel surgery actually uh, does provide relief. However, the five-year outcome typically shows a return of many of those symptoms, whereas the mobilization and uh, the restoration, recovery, and support of proper function through the neck, shoulder, elbow, arm, wrist, and hand um, decreases the likelihood of return of those symptoms because it's more of a functional approach and allows you to use those hands every day without those symptoms coming back. 
Great bit of information there today in the Daily Health Update. Hopefully you found something interesting there that will help uh, steer and and motivate and inspire you to make some good choices for yourself and maybe share some direction for those around you who uh, may need some support with their health and wellness as well. You can also check out more on our blog. We have a great uh, archive of information there at dkchiroblog.com, D-K-C-H-I-R-O-B-L-O-G.com. And you can also see our... Um, uh, uh, blog articles on our website (laughs) at torontoneckandbackpain.com of course you can reach out at any time with your health and wellness questions we'd be happy to help you out your quote today comes from Richard Rorty who says there's nothing deep down inside us except what we have put there ourselves our experiences in our life what we come across what we learn the challenges that we overcome and the joy that we experience helps move us forward to have those great experiences every day and our health and wellness experiences are no different so keep creating great positive health and wellness experiences in your life every day and as you move forward in your life you'll be able to look back and realize that you've lived a long healthy and well life and i definitely wish that for you all so i'll be back tomorrow on thursday to continue with that effort with our daily health update i'll look forward to chatting with you then